today on I Didn't Say That. We're going to be covering, unfortunately, the mass shootings in El Paso and Ohio. And the insanity that's taken away, <laughs> taken over our politics over the past 72 hours. Uh, we're going to be covering up on that. Um, Trump's visits to both cities on uh, Wednesday. Uh, we're also going to be covering, some, got some updates on AOC and her chief of staff. Um, we've got Joe Biden going after Trump, as is every Democrat right now, over the shootings with some pretty historically inaccurate comments. Um, we've got wonderful news about the Democratic debates coming up. Not the, 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 next, the next two rounds. Some really good news uh, coming out of that. We have people wanting to stab Mitch McConnell. Their words, not mine. Uh, outside of his house. Um, yeah, we've, we've really... Uh, we've, uh, we've got it all. Plus, plus some just hilarity from the Democrat Socialist uh, Convention this past weekend. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, you know the top story continues to be the the response to the the mass shootings in uh, one in Dayton, one in El Paso. Obviously, the media has been focusing on the El Paso one one because it's well, if it's their narrative. It narrative, right? Um, it was the the first one of the weekend. Um, it unfortunately had the larger body count and um so you don't want any body count and um but it's one that fits their narrative uh you know i think the first controversy to come out of it was matt drudge publishing the, the manifesto and people wondering whether that was an appropriate appropriate thing to do uh i read it it's the you know the the rantings of a lunatic as you would expect and um and it you know specifically says I've had these feelings for a long time. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump, which means to the media, this has everything to do with Donald Trump, um, which is which is where we're at today. We've had pretty much... Pause. Pause. Why is it that Donald Trump is responsible for this and Obama was never responsible for the 24 mass shootings that took place under him? Why is that? The Democrats also... I mean, it's the same reason why Democrats and Black Lives Matter weren't responsible for a Black Lives Matter member killing five cops in Dallas. It's the same reason why Bernie Sanders is not at fault for one of his most vocal supporters almost killing Steve Scalise, Rand Paul, and other congressmen while they were practicing for the congressional softball game, right? It's never, and in fact, today, we saw that Sarah Palin's lawsuit against the New York Times can move forward after they, in 2010, said that she was responsible for the shooting of Gabby Giffords, where, where six people die, and Congressman Giffords was, was horribly injured, um, but that she had uh, crosshairs on Gabby Giffords' district, you know, as in, like, a target for to turn from blue to red. This to the New York Times said that she was inciting violence, so that lawsuit's moving on. But, I mean, it's the same thing. You I mean, it's like, like you said... The, the reason why the mainstream media has such low approval is they only cover things that push their narrative. That is it. That is all they do. We had Morning Joe on this entire morning. They did not cover the protesters 
outside Mitch McConnell's house. They spent most of the show talking about how dangerous of a person Mitch McConnell is and has blood on his hands. Um, that's that was their show today. So, in their words, in in the, in if all things you know were equal, they were the ones that were inciting violence this morning. If Donald Trump was inciting violence, they were most definitely inciting violence um, against against the Senate Majority Leader. So that's where it is today. Trump's got his trip to El Paso first tomorrow, where he's already been told by Beto and um, the current congresswoman down there, not the former congresswoman, the current congresswoman, um, that Trump's not welcome there. This is a time for healing. This is a time for unity. You're not welcome here. <laughs> um, which, is, which, which is just phenomenal. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. There's absolutely no self-awareness uh, when, when it comes to the left. It also doesn't fit Beto's narrative, right? Like, because what, what he's thinking is, oh, crap. If Trump comes down here and he's all about unity, I got to stand next to him and be like, yep, we're all united. And that is a campaign killer. You do not want to be in a picture next to Donald Trump if you are in the clown show, a.k.a. the Democratic Party primary. Oh, 100 percent for sure. Um, but they also just don't they've stopped pretending that they believe that Donald Trump and his supporters are human beings. They've stopped looking at us as human beings. They have looked at us. They are, we are now an enemy. We are all agents of a foreign state. We're all just agents of Russia. This has got beyond. This has gone beyond the basket of deplorables, the racist, the xenophobic, the Islamophobic, the homophobic, all of the icks, all of the phobias. Um. It's it's gone beyond that. Now the left just sees us as 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 people who need to be shamed publicly. We are people who need to have we are private no longer can you be a private citizen if you are a a Republican in this country. You have the you should expect to be harassed every where you go. We saw this with the Boston Globe talking about poisoning Trump supporters. We've seen Maxine Waters go up and say that it's right for restaurant owners and, and workers to harass and yell at uh, members of the Trump cabinet. And now it is extended to private citizens where Joaquin Castro, not to be confused with his brother, Julian Castro, who's running for president, uh, Joaquin Castro, Texas congressman, tweeted out the names of 44 people who live in San Antonio, where he is the congressman, and their employers, and said, so sad to see so many San Antonians as 2019 maximum donors to Donald Trump the owner of one place and the owner of another place. 
Their contributions are fueling a campaign of hate that labels immigrants as Hispanic immigrants as invaders. So these 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 people are racists. They're deplorables. They are supporting a man who hates Hispanics. This is who they are, and this is where they work. Oh, it's absolutely revolting. It's it's one of the most dangerous. I mean, if anything happens to these people, do you think he's ever going to be held accountable for this? No. He condemns violence in every form, unless it's against Republicans. But that's where we are on the left. This is this is why when you see Antifa beat up a beat up a journalist or smack people in the head with tire with uh, bike locks, you're not going to see it on CNN. You're not going to see it on MSNBC. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. The only people who can be violent in this country are Republicans. Those are the only people. We're not going to see the stories about the Dayton shooter being a leftist, being an Elizabeth Warren supporter, being a supporter of Antifa, someone who idolized the... CNN did begrudgingly say it today. CNN did, did have the report. MSNBC, it wasn't on MSNBC, that's for sure. The Wall Street Journal had an editorial today saying we don't hold Elizabeth Warren accountable for these things just like we don't hold Donald Trump accountable for, for the violence that is. But, th- but this is the state that we're in now. So the latest, the latest coming up now is that Republicans seem to be, there seems to be this red flag law that's going to be the, the cause du jour. The, the Democrats still want to do universal background checks, which essentially forces private sellers to conduct a background check on a private sale of a firearm, which right now is not required. It's required for all federally licensed gun dealers to do a background check, but on a private deal, what they call it the gun show loophole, what it really is is just a private deal between two people. Now, however, if you sell a gun to someone and you know that they are a criminal or shouldn't have one or have the potential to use this in the act of committing a crime, you're in huge trouble for that. That's that's big time trouble. But there is a little bit of a gray area on how strict the background checks need to be on private gun owners. Now, uh, private gun sales. Now, one thing that's really common in all of these mass shootings, and, and by the way, there's no proof that that would cut down on mass shootings. It would, people think it would cut down maybe on suicides. You know, it could cut down on some... It, I mean, it wouldn't... It wouldn't do any harm, really, because at the end of the day... Yes, it probably doesn't cut down on these events. It, you know, it probably doesn't make a huge dent. But the argument is, hey, no matter what, you got to get the background check. I really don't find that to be all that controversial. I don't really find the red flag law to be all of that, all that controversial. Whoa. I do, and I'm going to tell you why. The red flag law is a complete slippery slope, and it's only a ploy to get your guns. Think of the potential abuses that one can have. And now, not only that, but now we're essentially saying, hey, government, you're allowed to look at everyone's medical record 
and grab someone who's been in for mental illness. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen. People are not going to go in to get mental health checks or help. So now it's just going to spike. Number one. So we're probably going to have more mass shootings. Number two, it allows uh, liberal infiltration of the system to be like, oh, you know what? Anyone who's attended a Trump rally has a mental illness because they're inciting violence. Let me go red flag them. It is a very, very slippery slope. And Rush brought up a great point going back to when Obama wanted to digitize medical records and all of a sudden doctors were required to ask, do you have a gun in the home? Are your kids near the gun? What the? Why do they need to ask that? You don't think that's going to change? Like, that, they're just going to ask more and more things, and people are going to stop going to mental health, and they're just going to use this as a way to have more and more gun control. It's not going to stop anything. It's frankly complete crap. Like, if we want to encourage more mental illness, then frankly, screw it. We spend so much money, let's put more money into mental health. It's free for everyone. Everyone go get yourself checked out. Get your head in line. So we'll say that in the New York Times article that goes through how this red flag law is starting to bubble up and, and start to be seemingly the next front of the gun control battle. The evidence for whether red flag laws work to prevent gun violence is inconclusive, according to a study by the Rand Corporation on the effectiveness of gun safety measures. This is the New York Times. That's the New York Times. That's how you know it's not helpful at all. No percentage is possible. Mm -hmm. Because they're already lying, so they're just sugarcoating it. Yeah. Uh, Now, for the record, Rand Corporation, when it talks about um, the effects of background checks, which we we currently have, by the way... um, The inconclusive evidence for mass shooting, then it may decrease suicide and, and violent crime, which which we know. I mean, if you're a felon who's used a gun in the act of committing a crime, you, you, you've you lost that, right? That's, that's gone now. You don't get that back. And that's the way it should be. Um, no, I totally... I totally see your point. I don't agree with some of the conclusions that you made. But I totally see your point in saying, like, this is something we know is ineffective. We know it's something that won't work. It's really just a way for the government to possibly, maybe in the future, exert some more control. But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with one argument, and which was, which was everyone knows this isn't enough. So all they're going to do is ask for more, which is true. Like, I also don't particularly think that that's unusual, right? I mean, I always want my taxes to be lower. It also exacerbates what is one of the root causes, which is mental illness. People are not going to want to go get it checked out because now they think they're going to be put on an equivalent of a no-fly list. I mean, this is just nuts
I don't think that if you're hearing voices in your head, you should have a gun. But that's not what this does. This doesn't say, this doesn't say like, oh, specifies only people who are bipolar. This is anyone who goes on for any mental health check. So that means any of our troops coming back who have PTSD and have night terrors, you think they're going to go in? Hell no, they're not going to go in. And people aren't going to want to send their kids there either because they'll know they'll be put on a list. This is not going to encourage people, more people to get help. We need to encourage more people to get help. That's what we need to do. Um. And it's not like, okay, let's, let's go down this road of no more guns. Which we all know that just means law-abiding citizens won't have guns and criminals will still have guns because uh, drugs are illegal and people still get high. So, all right. So let's go with this theory. And we don't help mental health at all. In fact, we've now made it even worse to get help. You don't think they can't get in a car and drive through a bunch of people and kill them or get a bomb or get a knife? I mean, crazy people are going to do crazy shit. Uh, and I, I completely, I completely agree with that. I don't really think that, like you said, if bad people want to do bad things, they'll find a way to do it. Um, so I, I definitely, I definitely agree in that sense in that you can't legislate away evil. There are bad people in this world. It's something that conservatives and liberals don't see eye to eye on. I don't think liberals see there being actual evil in the world unless you voted for Donald Trump. Um, They see that as evil. Also, this drives me even more insane. Number one, anytime this happens, it gets politicized, and now they want to try and take away guns, which I personally don't even have an opinion whether or not people should, like, have guns. I don't care. I just think the government should stay out of your life. Number two, only... 1,196 people have died in public mass shootings since 1966. 1,100 people in over 40 years. And we're going to go and try and take away rights for everyone? I mean, 44,965 people alone died from suicide in the year 2016. That's just one year. And that's 44 times. What are we doing for those people? Nothing. It just... So so annoying. And let's throw out another statistic. 39,000 people have died from homicides in Chicago from 1956 to 2016. What are we doing about that? Why aren't we having a national crisis about that? Like, it's it only because it fits their narrative and what they want is to get rid of your guns. That's it. And they want to take away as many rights from you as they can so that you're completely dependent on the government. That's it, folks. Don't misunderstand. I'll simply end with this as we want to move on because this is a it's the point's been made it's a little heavy right now but I simply want to quote uh, Philadelphia Archbishop Charles Chaput um, from his weekly column only a fool can believe that gun control will solve the problem of mass violence 
The people using the guns in these loathsome incidents are moral agents with twisted hearts, and the twisting is done by the culture of sexual anarchy, personal excess, political hatreds, intellectual dishonesty, and perverted freedoms that we've systemically created over the past half century. Treating the symptoms in a culture of violence doesn't work. We need to look deeper. Until we're willing to do that, nothing fundamental will change. I think that sums it up nicely. Yep. Let's move on to segments. Yeah, let's 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 lighten it up a little bit here. Um, we don't have a Trump tweet of the day. He really. I know everything rights is a goal. We had we we're we're currently in a long-standing battle to get someone to to grind down some tree stumps in our yard, and I met with a potential um, grinder, stump grinder today. <laughs> Professional stump grinder, small business owner. He owns it. Bought the stump grinder. Drives it around in his big big pickup truck and uh, grinds down stumps. Uh, and we got to talking, and it came up, you know, oh, how'd you, uh, you grow up, you, you from the area, how'd you end up in Dover? So I talked about how we've moved around the entire country. I said, well, I met my wife in Washington, D.C., where we went to college. We lived down there for a while, and in Virginia, then we moved to New York City, then back to Washington, D.C., then San Francisco, then Boston, and bought the house up here. It was New York City, huh? San Francisco. How, uh, how is that? And I go, oh, I go, uh, I, I kind of could tell just by the way that he spoke and carried himself. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy. I could kind of tell politically we were aligned, shall we say. Um, if you're a... You know, I mean, and let's let's be honest, the odds are good if you're a 50-year-old white man who owns his own business and lives in New Hampshire. I don't know what the chances are that, I don't know what that percentage of people voted for Donald Trump, but I'm guessing it was probably north of 70%. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so, um, uh, so we got to talking and, and, and basically it came out that He's a big Trump supporter. I'm a big Trump supporter. He's got this Trump jacket that he wears when he rides his Harley that's got Stormy Daniels on it. It's got to be a piece of glorious art. I, I really, I really want to see this thing. You got to tell him to wear it when he comes back to grind our stump. But one of the things that we were, were talking about was Trump's style of communication and the tweeting. And how he loves the tweets. He loves the tweets because he's saying what's on our mind. And he goes right past the media. And he'll take it to the media. And he'll take it to the liars on the other side. And this guy, Marine, small business owner, you know, has two daughters. Um, You know, he was talking about, you know, how he kind of came up, came of age in the 80s. The 80s were great. And he goes, but kids these days, there are kids now that are in their 
you know, 20s who think, you know, the economy is always going to be this great. And he's like, no, it's because we have Trump. <laughs> but anyways, that goes from the, the, the Trump, Trump tweet of the day, just, just thinking about that and how he's just so brilliant at it. But I believe he's been trying to stay quiet on social media uh, since since the shootings, so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't too much there, except some of the jabbing that's been going on with China. I mean, I think the jabbing is an important part to 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 make. Is that yesterday the Dow dropped seven hundred fifty points? Everyone freaked out. Oh, recession is coming. Panic. Take your money out. Put it in real estate. Blah 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 blah, and. What did Trump do? He came out strong, and who blinked first? China. He's like, it's China. China. He's like, you're doing currency manipulation, and so they blinked. And on that note, I will do two Trump tweets on China. First one: massive amounts of money from China and other parts of the world is pouring into the United States for reasons of safety, investment, and interest rates. We are in a very strong position. Companies are also coming to the U.S. in big numbers. A beautiful thing to watch. Second tweet. As they have learned in the last two years, our great American farmers know that China will not be able to hurt them in that their president has stood with them and done what no other president would do. And I'll do it again next year if necessary. What do you know? The Dow's already rebounded. So panic for nothing, folks. Trump knows what he's doing. He always knows what he's doing. He's 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 always five steps ahead of him. He really is. He really is. Um, it was. Uh, it's it's just it's just always great to see him jab. So there you go. There's Trump Trump tweet of the day. Market bounced back a little bit today. Yeah, okay. um, it didn't make a full bounce back, but it did bounce back. It did fine. China blinked. China I think blinked. it showed That's that. I think the biggest thing it showed is China blinked. Dow's up 1.2%. I'm sure it's going to go back up again tomorrow, and it'll be like, never happened. Things are fine. Things are, as long as Trump gets reelected, things are fine. Things are fine. Um, I, think, I, think we, I think we got to go into AOC's chief of staff being investigated by the feds. This is our straight out of Veep segment. So this one's near and dear to my heart because the show is amazing and hilarious. And if you guys haven't watched it, highly recommend you go and watch it. But um, basically, it's it's all the inner workings in a hilarious manner uh, from D.C. that you just know are happening. So Max is going to go through the latest example. Now, I apologize in advance that I definitely will not have this, uh, <clears throat> be able to pronounce this, this person's name, name correctly. Um, but here we go. Two political action committees founded by... AOC's top aide funneled over $1 million in political donations to two of his own private companies. The cash transfers from the PACs, overseen by Sakat Chakrabarty, uh, the freshman socialist Democrats' chief of staff, were encountered to her pledges to increase transparency and reduce the influence of dark money in politics. Um, the companies appear to have been set up for the sole purpose of obscuring how political donations were used. 
the arrangement skirting reporting violations may have violated the $5,000 limit on contributions from federal PACs to candidates, according to the complaint filed by the National Legal and Policy Center or the Government Watch Watchdog Group. Um, PACs are required to disclose how and when funds are sent, spent, including expenditures. Private companies to which Chakrabarty transferred the money from the PACs are not subject to these requirements. Um, basically, asked, there's a complaint asked the FEC to investigate and audit the two PACs, saying that they were engaged in an elaborate scheme to avoid proper disclosure of campaign expenditures. Now, this has been something that's kind of been kicking around a little bit um, in the blogosphere for a while, that uh, there's some, there's some, for lack of a better term, some shady shit happening with AOC's campaign. Um, I always, I always thought it was kind of funny when she got elected to Congress, and New York Times is like, oh, so like, how's like the apartment hunt going? And she's like, well, you know, uh, it's kind of hard. Uh, you know, it's, I guess I want to pull up, I want to pull up the exact quote, but basically she's like, oh, I haven't. I've been campaigning. I haven't really had been able to work for the past couple of months, so I'm not really in a position for like first month, first and last month's rent on a you know apartment in Washington D.C. Was something to that effect. Now, granted, she's about she's making one hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year as a I guess professional Twitter agitator slash congresswoman. She's face of the party squad. Yeah. Um, but I always joke that like that shows how bad of a Democrat that she was because she had to figure out how to game the system to put members of her family on the payroll who then go buy the apartment for her, who then buy who 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 then pay her give her money in cash so that she can go and put a uh, uh, rent out an apartment or or even better put her boyfriend on the payroll of one of these these shady companies who are getting paid by the the PACs. Right? I mean that's that's how you do it. You got to put you got to put people on you got to put your family and friends on the payroll. You've got to use their businesses. Right? So you get that kickback. Anyways, um, it looks like that uh, some of these shady accounting practices might have finally caught up with AOC. Which would just be really funny, um, because she'll play the. Wow, you guys spent as much time investigating me as you did investigating, you know, like Donald Trump and his ties to Russia, which are totally true. Do they have any polls on her popularity in her district? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Her, she, her district's about as blue as it gets. Yeah, maybe that Jamaican contender will beat her. I'm not holding my breath. I will. <laughs> <laughs> the eternal optimist, Katie. Um, I think it's time to get into 2020. Uh, we didn't bring this up during the uh, the gun segment, but I think just any time that Joe Biden says something just completely idiotic, it it uh, it should be it should be repeated it's just so that it's drilled into the head of everyone that this man is. Just mentally unfit. Do we want to play for the, the presidency? Do we want to play the clip? I don't want to hate cause people's ears to bleed. We're going to be hearing so much of Joe Biden over the next couple of months, 
that, uh, that, oh, I got Rachel Maddow going through. Oh, okay. Stamp. Random, random attacks that, that have been done by white supremacists, you know, one, one every 20 years. Um, and cause it's a fake crisis and, um, but anyways, this was Joe Biden yesterday in an interview with CNN's Anderson Cooper, who I don't know if he's taking part in the gun control town hall. I know Chris Cuomo is going to be doing the, the town hall for CNN on Wednesday. He's like officially jumped the shark and should just have an opinion show at this point. Like, you can't even pretend he's... Nothing about CNN has anything to do with actual journalism. I mean, their White House correspondent has even said this is not the time for being like an unbiased like journalist. He is, these, these are activists. Anyways, this is Joe Biden yesterday. This is a president who has said things no other president has said since Andrew Jackson. Nobody said anything like the things he's saying. Now, I just want to simply point out that in the last hundred years, We have had presidents actually act on things like rounding up a bunch of people of one nationality, taking away all of their belongings, and putting them into camps. And that was Democrat hero Franklin Delano, Delano Roosevelt, who... And my my math may be wrong on this one, but I'm 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 ninety nine point nine percent sure that FDR came after Andrew Jackson. Would that be an accurate statement? Yes. Good, 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 good. So uh, here we go. Joe Biden has seemingly forgotten that a member of his, one of the most celebrated members of his own party was actually putting people of a specific nationality into camps and taking away their belongings because of fear. Now, the last time I checked, Donald Trump has done Nothing like that. These quote-unquote migrant detention centers are really just processing stations. You'd be like, okay, you did not come through the proper channels to claim asylum, or you did not come through the proper channels of coming here for legally immigrating here. So you've got to stay here while we figure out who you are, where you came from, and why you want to come to the United States. That is not a 15-minute process, nor should it be. Um, that is a lot different than, hey, you're Japanese. Why don't, you, why, 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 why don't you come with us over here? We're sending you to a real great place. So that's Joe Biden for you. Just totally forgetting that his party was responsible for the last time that there actually were concentration camps in the United States. Um, so pretty sweet, pretty sweet job there, Joe. Um, I think I, I think just a quick little polling update here. We finally had some polls come out since the last debates. 
uh, and I, I regret to inform everyone that we have not seen a Marianne Williamson bounce. Oh, no. She is really on the outside looking in when it comes to the next round of debates. Uh, We had two national polls come out today and one New Hampshire poll. The two national polls, pretty much what you would expect to see, um, doesn't look like a lot, well, a little bit's changed. I think the story is that Warren's getting a little bit of a bounce. Sanders getting a little bit of a bounce. And Heron, uh, Heron, Harris Harris is now down to single digits in both these polls. So we got Biden at 33 and Biden at 32. So in the 32-33 range, Joe Biden. That's where it gets interesting. The Politico poll, Sanders is at 19, Warren at 15. In the Quinnipiac poll, Warren's at 21, a six-point jump. And Sanders is... 14, a five-point decrease. So you can say that Warren and Sanders, you know, they're fighting over what looks to be 34, 35% of the vote right now. And then you have Harris, who is seven and nine, um, Buttigieg, six, and then it's Beto, three, Booker, two, Yang, two, Castro won, Gabbard won, Steyer gets one, Klobuchar gets one, Delaney gets one. Um, in New Hampshire, Biden, Warren, and Sanders are bunched up. Uh, Biden 21, Sanders 17, Warren 14, and then no one else is really close. Harris at 8, Buttigieg. It kind of follows the national polling after that, except for Tulsi Gabbard. Who, as New Hampshire residents, we know that Tulsi has been blanketing us with digital ads. She's got billboards up. We've seen yard signs. She's everywhere. She's everywhere. Of all the candidates, we've really seen significant signage for three. Tulsi, we've seen the most for. We've seen Andrew Yang groups downtown and uh, Bernie, obviously. We saw a Pete sticker over the weekend. We did see a Pete sticker. We did see a Pete sticker this weekend. Um, and But we haven't seen a lot of Warren yet which is surprising because she's Massachusetts. We've seen no Harris. No. Um, haven't seen Booker, haven't seen Beto. I almost question even the Bernie signs we saw. I almost feel like they're just left over. I feel like they went up two and a half years ago and they just never took them down. Like there's yeah. that house we go by with like all the signs. Plan I stand with Planned Parenthood. Oh, the one in New Market. Yeah, the one in New Market. That's been up there. I, it's got, got up been up there forever. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people, well, you, you know, you still got some, some people around here, some real whack jobs. You'll see, have Carrie Edwards. You want to see a true moon bat. Do you have the Carrie Edwards? Because, oh, actually, let me rephrase that. If you're a real New England moon bat, you've got the Howard Dean 2004 bumper sticker. You got the Dean. Hope not fear. Dean 2004. Right? That's the that's a moon bat's moon bat. 
All right. Those are only seen on Subarus. <laughs> All right. That predates the Prius. Okay. That is an old beaten down Subaru or Volvo with the Hope Not Fear Dean 04 sticker on it. I used to have one of those yard signs. I had a Howard Dean yard sign. Because I wanted it. Why? Because I saw him speak. That's I saw it. him We're speak. Over. I saw him speak. I saw John Kerry speak. They came to, and Tucker came to my high school. Carlson? They, they did Crossfire from our auditorium. Tucker. Yeah, it's one of the benefits of growing up in New Hampshire. You get all these people come in every four years. It's phenomenal. Kucin, saw Kucinich, saw John Kerry, saw Dean. Um, I've seen Bush, Dubs. Saw Dubs. Um, have I seen Romney? Well, I went to the debate last time. I went to a debate at yeah, St. Anne's. You sent me to the debate in Sa- at St. Anselm's, so that was that was a good one to see. Um, I haven't I haven't seen Bernie in person yet. We were gonna see Pete, but that didn't happen. But then we were like, mm, let's sleep and don't go to the gym. Okay. You mean work. It was a Friday. That's what I mean. We We slept in enough that we only had time to work out. We only had time to work out. (laughs) Instead of working out and seeing. Instead of checking out Mayor Pete. I'm sure they'll all come back. I'd like to see Yang. I'd like to see Pete. I'd like to see Tulsi. I'd like to see Williamson. Are you going to heckle them, ask them questions, and you stand there? Hell no. I just like to stand there and watch and soak it in. I really enjoy, I, re, I really, look, I'm not a liberal. I don't feel that everyone, I'm not, I don't feel that everyone is, in, everyone is entitled to hear my opinion. Um, so I'm not going to stand there and heckle them or anything. I just, growing up in New Hampshire and having this circus come through every four years, you just learn to enjoy it and have fun with it and just and, and just go and observe it. You you know, like, we get an extraordinary amount of attention for how small of a state we are. It's more fun to just kind of go there, enjoy it, soak up the atmosphere, talk with some people, just be, just be friendly. I don't understand why you just can't be friendly, you know, at these things. I'm not, what, I'm, I'm going to change Mayor Pete's mind? I'm going to convert all the Tulsi supporters into Trump supporters. Like, come on. That's not going to happen. It's more thinking like a gotcha kind of question. I don't want to get them on anything. What do I care? What is it? You know, you know, this 31-year-old Dover, New Hampshire, he really, he really opened my eyes to why I should not just drop out of the race, but become a republican and vote for donald trump well you should just stand up and ask them are you an award-winning listener of i didn't say that <laughs> and he'll say what and he'll say yeah it's the best new podcast it's called get free advertising it's called ambush marketing katie yeah um so so there we are and the, i the best news of the day though the the the, the happiest news of the day is that uh, the debate requirements for the October debates, not the September debates, the October debates are the same as the September debates. So you have 
if you are in the September debates, you're automatically into the October debates. And um, and it also gives people a longer runway to get into the October debates. So they aren't like upping it again. Like, because the, instead of, 1% in the polls, you have to have 2% this time around. If you didn't, if, if you, it's not 65,000 unique donors, it's 130,000 unique donors. But the September, de- the, the October debates said, well, we're just going to keep the same criteria and the same date range. We're just going to extend the date range out, obviously, into October for you to qualify. Um, so it's going to give a bunch of candidates, you know, it's going to give some candidates who, who didn't make, don't make the September stage to kind of, continue on in uh, in October number one um, and number two it, it means that there's no re- real reason unless you've completely messed up your finances to drop out after the September debates you should at least continue on to October which I think is a good thing I think it's I think it's a good thing to have that many voices up there now it looks like Biden's just floating in at 33 and he's just starting to suck a little bit of oxygen out of the room Um it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this all shakes out. But right now, it's looking good for Biden. But gosh, I, you know, we've seen it the last couple of times in the Republican races because the Republicans had such obviously had a large field in 2012 and a large field in 2016. But you you end up getting these shifts where someone takes a lead, then someone takes a lead, then someone else takes a lead. And in 2012, obviously, it kind of shook out to Romney in the end. Um, but 2016, I mean, Trump jumped in, staked his claim, and really, uh, really did some work. Um, but that'll be great. So we'll have that. And uh, I think to finish it up today, on a light note, is uh, I guess a Democrat Socialist Convention over the weekend. Oh, did you watch the video of the woman regretting doing it? I was sent that by somebody at work, which was pretty crazy that I actually found somebody at work who could even think to send me those videos. <laughs> I watched the kid who was uh, like, um, let's try to be conscious of the of the noise that doors make because some of us have sensory. have sensory issues and the doors making that amount of noise can increase our anxiety. And then some other man was like, point of personal privilege, which I was like, are we following the Murphy's Rules of Order, whatever that's called? Or is that like a thing at this to say point of personal privilege? Yeah, it's point of personal privilege. And also, they, I love how they all call each other comrade. Yeah. And he goes, um, can we stop using gender specific pronouns? And I was like, oh, my, I can't. I can't with that. And don't talk to the press and don't talk to the cops. All right. What should our sign-off slogan be? Until next time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a work in progress. Let's tweet us tweet us what you think we should end our show with. Um, for now, it's going to be at I didn't say that, but I haven't made it yet, so that might be gone. We'll update. Sounds good. All right. Until next time. Bye.